Hey fellow travel junkies, Alex here. I love this episode about Zambia and Botswana. I know that it's on so many people's bucket lists and it certainly was on mine. It was an amazing experience, but I got so excited talking about it that I mispronounced the name of the hotel that I stay out in this episode. It, I say Avina in the app and it is actually Avani. We put the link in the show notes so that you know exactly where to go. But I don't want you to think that I stayed at a place called Avina because I don't think one exists. It's that way sometimes when you're doing some podcasting. Anyway, grab yourself a glass of wine. I'm excited to talk all about Zambia and Botswana. Welcome to another episode of the Bobshi and Yaya Travel the World podcast. It's a place where we like to spend some time talking about all things travel and how travel can be part of your lifestyle, whether you're hanging out at home or you've got boarding passes in your hands. I hope that for us very soon. My name is Alex and I play the Bobsha role in all of this. As always, I'm here with my bestie, Terry. All right. Hey, guys. We are going to be chatting about one of the great bucket list trips, Zambia and Botswana. Yay! Whether you are heading out to learn about the modern safari or you're traveling to see one of the wonders of the world, we've got some helpful tips and great stories to share with you. As always, we are ready to share some of the things that keep us travel happy. We'll talk books, food, travel tips, and products that we love. And it's all going to start with our little segment we like to call Now Boarding. So today we are taking you guys on a great trip to Zambia and Botswana. Um, It was an amazing experience for me, and I know we're going to be talking about a lot of those things later on, but let's get everybody kind of in the mood with a couple of global book picks. My global book pick this week is Photos Complete Safari Guide. I found it very hard to find a safari guide for exactly where I was, and this one had a lot of information in it, so I really definitely like this one. And it was also, as much as it was adult information, the pictures and the places that they showed were super kid-friendly. What about you? Okay, for me, I like the book at the same moment around the world. It not only, you know, is talking about different time zones, but it's really can get kids interested because it has a lot of discussion on Africa. Mm-hmm. So it can really like spark their interest and get them excited about it. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. Okay. At the same moment around the world. And again, anything that we mentioned during now boarding, we always leave a link for it in our show notes. So just check down there. Now, my travel tip is to think about voluntourism. Um, especially with so many third world nations in need in Africa voluntourism could be a great way to enjoy what Africa has to offer 
at the same time as helping others out. Um, I worked with a group called Family Legacy out of Dallas, Texas. They were amazing. They had a friend of mine um, as their education coordinator, Alicia, and um, she did a great job of combining a little bit of time giving. I, I worked inside one of the local schools and a little bit of time really enjoying kind of those classic African moments of safari and Victoria Falls and things like that. What about you? What's your travel tip getting down to Africa? Well, I have always, and not really just Africa, but in general, take a first aid kit. That's a super great tip wherever you're going. Always make sure you have one. And second, traveling to Africa, tell us, you share with me as well, what kind of shots do you, because you got to make sure you're up to date on everything. Is there anything special you needed when you went to Africa for shots? Yeah, you do need yellow fever if it's within the season, which is actually our winter and their summer. Okay. Um, you do need to think about yellow fever during their wet season, um, just be- and malaria. Um, you, so you'll definitely take malaria medication with you. So very pragmatic to think about those things. And quite frankly, you usually kind of don't get your visa in place. If you're going to a visa necessary country, you won't get it unless you can prove that you have those things with you. So definitely something very important to think about. And it could wreck your trip before yeah. you even start. Yeah. 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 Now, when I was in Zambia, I'd love to talk about some of the things that you can see that are crafts. And that brings me to my travel product pick, which is Chitange fabric. That is the local fabric that you see used in so many different ways. I cannot tell you how the women in this area inspired me. They would take a piece of fabric and they would use it as a skirt. They would use it as a dress. They would use it as a backpack. They would use it as a baby carrier. They would use it to um, cover a table. Like it it was used for so many things. So it's very easily um, attainable. And luckily for us, we have a place like Etsy that we can go to where you can find some of it and kind of get a preview or a small sample. Um, I brought it back and I'm telling you, I use Chitange fabric for curtains. I use it as a tablecloth. Um, I use it as a, um, pillow. I've made some pillows out of them. And so is my friend that I mentioned before, Alicia. She has a great little shop called Dale Ruth Designs that has a lot of felting. And um, she's got a lot of adorable things that are inspired from her time down in sub-Saharan Africa. What about you? Well, let me just say this. If I wore it as a skirt, I could also go home and pitch a tent with it, okay? Okay. Okay, my fabric would be like, I need the whole bolt there. Okay, mine is the Mulberry Mongoose Jewelry. And I tell you, the bracelet you gave me is so meaningful because they collect all the hardware that they collect from the illegal poaching and make it into jewelry. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's nonprofit, correct? Yes, they they invest all their profits back into anti-poaching initiatives. I mean, it's, it's it's really beautiful and constructed so well. So, it, and it always makes you think that you know you can look at it and say, okay, we need to we need to think about our little animals and the earth and conservation and all those important things. 
Exactly. And everything we've mentioned um, in these different industries, from the Chitange to Nell Ruth to Mulberry Mongoose, are all women-owned businesses that put money into the local economies of where they are. So uh, they are definitely worth it, and they kind of check all the boxes. I adored that Mulberry Mongoose jewelry when I met the owner. Um, She was amazing and her story is completely inspirational. So I, I am a huge fan, a huge fan. What about travel binges? What are you watching that makes you think, I gotta go there. I gotta get to that Africa. Well, you know, I always want us to go on the amazing race. We'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, we're working on it. Um, I love it when you, you can watch their episodes when they go to Africa and the culture that they are just fully immersed in is amazing. So you're like going, oh, I could do this. Not only am I going to win a million dollars, I'm going to go to Africa. I mean, it's just amazing what they can see and do. So that's a fun binge watch. It is a fun binge watch. The funniest scene to me ever on that show happened in Africa. And the ending spot for that particular episode was an orphanage. And the gist, do you remember this? And the gist of the story was you should donate something to this orphanage that is doing all of this great work. And the little children are singing and it's like this huge festive thing. So the last group comes in and they're like, yeah, so here's $20. (laughs) And he stops them and he goes, okay, everybody else donated all the money they had. (laughs) It's an an orphanage, dude. (laughs) And he goes, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yes, you should take it all. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay, speaking speaking of orphanages, I don't know if you have seen this movie on Netflix. It's a Christmas flick that is obviously in competition with the Hallmark Christmas movies. So I'm not ready for them. Kristen Davis is newly separated from her husband and her ritzy life in New York City. She had booked a second honeymoon and he asked for a divorce, like all on the same day. And uh, she decides to go on the holiday by herself because she's not going to give in and she's going to start living her life. And into the restaurant walks our hero, Rob Lowe. And Rob Lowe is the pilot that's going to take Kristen Davis's character to the resort safari that she is has booked. Yes. Well, um, what winds up happening is he sees an elephant, a baby elephant in distress. And it turns out that Kristen Davis in her former life, her character's former life was a vet. And she winds up running with Rob Lowe to go try to help the baby elephant. And the story unfolds in this elephant sanctuary orphanage where they rehabilitate all these babies back into the wild. So it's got a great eco story um, underneath the cheesy Hallmark movie romance stuff that we all can't stop watching. Don't get me wrong. I am aware that we all give in and we secretly watch these movies. But I do love the idea of it happening. And the whole thing happens in Zambia. So I think that's kind of a cool thing to see. I think so. 
Yeah. So now let's talk about food. Yeah. So I think it's super important when I'm going someplace, I like to get a feel for the the food that I might experience. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're taking some picky eaters with you, maybe your kids are going, maybe you have an adult who's picky so you can get an idea. There's this place um, called Nando's Peri Peri Chicken, which is over here. Like there's some in Maryland. There are, yes. Yeah. And the Peri Peri is a pepper. So um, it kind of gives you an idea of what kind of food that you'll be eating. And so you will have like some familiar familiarity with it. Yeah, exactly. Nando's Peri Peri Chicken is available in Zambia and Botswana. The the chain is there. And I kind of love this as a fallback. Like if you do run into food issues where it's not something that you would love. P.S. I loved absolutely everything I ate. Everything. Um, You may want to... uh, have this is kind of like in your back pocket, like, okay, let's take a break from trying all of these new things. Let's go get some Nando's, you know, and it's something that everybody will kind of have a frame of reference to. So definitely worth it. But I will say there was not one meal that I ate there that I didn't love. But speaking of food from that area, I do want to make sure everybody understands what Chima is. Chima is a polenta-like cornmeal um, uh, dish that is served with absolutely everything. So you will see Chima literally at every hotel buffet, in every restaurant. Um, They use it kind of like as a base for all of their meat. So like they'll put a little in their hand and you'll see washing stations, hand washing stations, absolutely everywhere. And they'll put a little like on the tips of their forefingers. And then they'll scoop up a little meat on top of that and kind of eat that bite. Um, And it kind of all goes together. So it doesn't taste, um, it doesn't have like a strong taste to it. It's pretty bland, but it is used absolutely everywhere. And you will see it. The the, um, schools that have maybe some kids in need will often give away the cornmeal to make chima um, when they are at school so that they have food at home. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So even when we were out on safari, there was chima, like you saw it everywhere and it's called something a little bit different in every region, but it's all the same thing. Um, but speaking of safari, that brings me to my travel tech. If you want to get an idea of what it's like, um, what animals you'll see or what you're going to encounter, check out this um, website called Live Trekker. Um, It will allow you to go ahead and see absolutely everything that is in the area that you are going to be in safari. What about you? End us on some good travel tech. Okay, here's the, we're going to end on a good one. Money, because I like XE Currency. You can go to the website. You can download the app, which is great because then you can do the money exchange if some of us are not, you know, Rain Man and can calculate it in our head. Mm-hmm. This does the conversion for you. So it's it's really nice. So you know what you're spending. 
Yeah, that's a really good one. And the money can be a little bit complicated there. It's not an easy um, mental math problem to figure out. So, Terry, today we're talking about an incredible destination. This is probably on a lot of people's bucket lists, and it is going to sub-Saharan Africa. So kind of everything below the desert down to South Africa, Um, and it's a super cool place. So we're going to kind of narrow in on Zambia and Botswana today, which are two incredible countries to go and visit. And I'm excited because... I get to ask the questions today. I love this game. Because you're going to be the expert. Okay. Got it. Here we go. So you travel a lot. You've traveled a lot overseas. You've been a lot of Europe. I mean, you really like Europe, 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 Europe. Yes. So how did you end up planning a trip to Africa? I feel like that answer is like a game of telephone. So I'm, I live in Maryland right now, but I used to live in Japan and I worked at the American school in Japan with a woman named Alicia. And Alicia was my son's sixth grade math teacher. And Alicia and I have kept in touch over the years. And she wound up moving to Zambia to work for a foundation called family legacy, which is um, basically modern mission work is the best way to explain it. And they had a program that she had been inviting me to for years called Teach One. And uh, this program allowed educators to join in the end product of what they were doing. So this particular organization runs 27 Um, private schools within Zambia's capital of Lusaka. So while they have a lot of traditional mission work come in for something that they call camp life, this particular um, program is simply for educators to push into their schools. So um, a very cool organization, and I really enjoyed the work. So I wound up in Africa via Japan. Very cool. Yes. Okay. Can you give us like, give me, give our listeners a like, what would your itinerary be like? So I stayed for two weeks altogether. Um, The first week I worked with the Teach One organization and I spent some time with my friend Alicia, who um, kind of gave us an orientation. I arrived on a Saturday and Saturday and Sunday we kind of spent enjoying that. And then I worked for five days in a very sweet school um, with a lot of adorable children. And then I had about, I want to say seven days split between Livingstone in Zambia and the Chobe National Park or, uh, yeah, National Park in Botswana, which is not that far away. They're, they're kind of neighbors to each other. So um, that's how I spent all of my time. Very cool. So what was your first impression of Zambia and its capital, Lusaka? 
Well, uh, a glimpse at Lusaka. It is a third world country. It is very poor. There is a lot of influence from China there. There was um, so much um, writing in Chinese and billboards in Chinese. And there was even kind of like an import store for Chinese products um, to help the people who were there. China seems to be investing a lot in this area of the world. And not all of the money is kind of getting back to the local economy. So um, that's a little bit disheartening, but it is a city of extremes. Um, The crime there, I would say, is crime of opportunities. So um, I don't think you'll be physically hurt in any way, but if the chance is there for somebody to steal your purse, they would, you know, so no open windows and cars, those kind of things. There's a lot of guarding just because a person seems to be the best deterrent. So, um, that's very cool. But overall, my, my, the, the best thing about everywhere that I went were the unbelievable people. And if there's a lesson that I take away, it's that joy is in no way um, associated with the amount of money in your pocket. Oh, definitely. They are, they are a joyous people is, is probably the thing that I walked away with the most. And it made me really appreciate so much. So me being a teacher as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're the love of the people and how wonderful they are. What was it like teaching in the local schools? Because I know what we think it's like teaching here, but what was it like teaching in their local schools? So we work very hard um, in modern school systems to kind of think out of the box about great ways to connect with kids. We're, we're all about the entertainment of it all. Right. Like um, how interactive can we make everything? Mm-hmm. That is not the case for the teachers in uh, this area of the world. They are very much lecturers. So even the little ones, the teacher stands at the front of the room I speak to the children. The children repeat it back to me. We're done with our lesson. So very, very much that kind of rule. So um, there were a couple of moments that were amazing. One was I was in a first grade classroom, which is their first year in school. So it's like our kindergartners, a first grade classroom. And the children had never sat in a circle on the floor for story time. They'd never done it. And the teacher couldn't believe that I sat on the floor with the kids. She she couldn't believe that I would do that, you know. So um, the kids adored it. They, they loved it so much. So um, I came back the next day and the teacher had made little mats for each child to sit on and brought a little stool from home for her to sit on because... They weren't going to sit on the floor all the way, but they would go in the circle like what she saw. So I love that she came up with a compromise to that. It it was very, very sweet. And um, I will say the other thing that kind of amazed me with all of the kind of repetition, the I say it, you say it idea, one of their standards in their school for eighth graders was learning all of the different ballet positions. So it was amazing to see them in this like dirt lot behind the school, all in a circle and everybody, boys and girls, everybody was going to learn those primary ballet positions. And I thought that was over the moon that they took 
everything that they had and everything that they were dealing with, ballet still had a little place of importance. So I did love that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to Livingston. Livingstone, mm-hmm. excuse me. What was your first impression? Well, my first impression was in the plane that we were in. Um, it, we kind of took a puddle hopper from Lusaka over to Livingston, which wasn't that far. Um, just maybe an hour and a half at the most, I would say. And um, the first thing that you see is the great Zambezi River kind of winding through the bush, which is amazing. Um, so the pilot wanted everybody to see it. So we kind of did kind of like a donut in the sky so that everybody mm-hmm. could look out their window and, and see the river. Um, and you see the smoke in the distance, what you think is smoke. Um, you see that in the distance for um, Victoria Falls. So it's actually the mist coming off the falls, but it looks like a white puffy cloud in the distance so that was really amazing and the airport that you land on at is very modern it's beautifully done gorgeous art sculptures all around well run um and then you kind of drive through the little town um now i will say um there were all kinds of different ways that you can do this trip, but one of the most popular is to go ahead and get through the town and stay on the national park grounds. And um, there are two resort, um, actually several resorts that you could stay at along the national park grounds that are there. But I will say my car was abruptly stopped because the welcoming committee showed up and we're going to put a link to this video (laughs) in our notes, but I will tell you about 100 elephants paraded right in front of our car. And it was a sight to behold. Like I never thought I would see anything like that. And they were very well aware that we were there. They were very cognizant that there were people not too far from them. And it was an amazing an amazing welcome to an amazing place for I sure. I can imagine. Yeah. So you have resorts, hotels, like you mm-hmm. were speaking of to say to stay there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would just be very, very careful to while you're while you always want to stay within your budget. Make sure that you understand things are going to cost a little bit more here, and sometimes cheap isn't always safe. So, uh, yeah. So the first, the first question that I would ask is what is the hotel security? Um, You know, if I'm doing my own reservations, what is the hotel security? But I have to say to me, this is one of those times where the money really does make a difference. How much you're paying really does make a difference. I stayed at a place called uh, Avena and I will tell you that it was incredible. It was steps away from um, Victoria Falls. It was within the park. I woke up in the morning to zebras outside my window, like literal, they were there. And I opened the door to see what would happen. And one of them kind of stuck their head in just kind of like, oh, this is what a hotel room looks like. And then kind of walked away. Um, there were giraffes on the property. There, it was, it was really amazing and very well worth um, 
spending the money to be in that kind of proximity and not have to deal with the safety and security of hiring drivers to get me to and from places. So um, while you want to stay in there and there are plenty of places in a little town, I would certainly really look into whether or not you can get to one of those resorts. Um, so there's the one that I stayed at. And then there's also the Royal Livingstone Lodge, which is kind of top notch. It's really, really gorgeous. And I think well worth it. And of course, just like any other resort, they had an activities desk that you could get to that let you know everything that was going on and could arrange everything for you. So that was really helpful too. Awesome. So now this is like a trip of a lifetime, really. Yes. Um, so let's let's get to the good stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell tell what did you get to do while you were there? What are some of the amazing things that you did? So I will say this pretty much everything for travelers centers on or around the river. Um, it is definitely a place for active people. There's whitewater rafting, there's paragliding, there are helicopter tours to see everything that you're going to see. There are day trips for, um, for safari there. There's a lot of that kind of stuff to see, um, and to experience. There was zip lining, which was a lot of fun. Um, you got to zip line over the big gorge and the one that I was at zip lined from one country to another and then back. And that was really interesting. Um, however, I will say that probably the, the most interesting thing were the actual Victoria Falls, which is one of the natural wonders of the world. And they have a beautiful national park that goes with it. So I kind of walked out the back gate to the resort that I was in and hopped right into the park where there were college guides to take everybody around, which I thought was a great tip. Please take it. Those college guides know absolutely everything. And he explained everything to me along the way. And then of course, right outside of that park, after seeing Knife's Edge Bridge and seeing Rainbow Falls and kind of getting a chance to walk in that whole area and look across to Zimbabwe, it was really interesting. Um, And then right outside of that national park, there was a great like artisans gallery and they are a little aggressive, like be ready for those artisans with Mm. their hand crafts to be aggressive and double check kind of what you're buying. Make sure you're buying a local craft and not something that was made in China. Yes, because that exists there. So, so be careful with that stuff. Um, there is a small but good museum about the history of Livingston in the little town. Um, it, it was very good. I liked it. Uh, and then the other super fun thing that I did was I took a boat ride up the Zambezi River to a place called the Elephant Cafe, um, which has about a dozen elephants of all different ages that you can kind of interact with. Um, They're all at this particular sanctuary because they can't be away from people now. They're too people dependent. And um, so you can go in and feed them and pet them and, and get to know their stories. And all of them have 
Some of their stories are heartbreaking. Others are fantastical. The little baby that they had at the present moment um, was a very interesting story. So this pack of elephants is allowed to roam freely, but of course they stay very close to where their food source is, which is the sanctuary. And um, they like to swim out across the river to an island that you can see. It's just a few yards away. And one day, 11 elephants went out to the island and the next morning, 12 elephants came back and there was a little baby. So, so they took the little baby and they took care of it. And uh, it was very funny because when you met the the baby you had to know please don't lean down please don't kneel please don't squat because the second you do that this baby elephant is going to like collapse on top of you he thinks it's playtime and so you had to be a little careful with the little baby um in in getting it and enjoying him but that little orphan was there and they kind of adopted them all on their own. They're like, you don't have a mommy be with us. So that was very, very, very sweet. So a ton to do in Livingstone. I would say all together, I would give Livingstone no more than four days. I don't think you need to do more than four days there. Okay. Yeah. We're done at Livingstone and now we are going to go on to Botswana. Okay. So, you're going to be going from Zambia and crossing an international border. Yes. What was that like? Oh my gosh. Okay. I've crossed some international borders in my time and nothing was like this. So I learned a lot doing this. The first thing I learned is that copper is one of the biggest exports from Zambia and 18 wheelers need to get across to Botswana to um, continue their journey to in this particular industry. So when we pulled up to the crossing, to the port where you cross, there must have been 318 wheelers who could wait up to two weeks to cross this river. I found out why. After you get your passport stamped that you're leaving, um, you're leaving for Botswana, you're, you're exiting out of Zambia and you're going across the river, there is a ferry. The ferry goes five times a day, five. It carries no more than two 18-wheelers and foot passengers. And it is a floating barge. So they drive two 18-wheelers onto this barge. And whoever wants to sit on the little bench that doesn't have much behind it, you're going across, and once it's gone back and forth five times, that's it. They're done. They are not doing any more. So it was quite an experience because I thought about how just upriver, I was told to beware of crocodiles and don't put your hands in the water, and there are hippos, and there are plenty of things inside the water that maybe wouldn't be as friendly to you as possible. And all that was between us and that water was the back of that bench, which was, it was unbelievable. I'll never forget it. It was an experience. It was an experience. And when you got to the other side, you had to step in a cleaning solution for your feet so that you didn't um, contaminate the country because of all the eco needs that they have there and get your passport stamped again so that you can meet your driver to take you on to your next location. Okay, and you stayed in an eco lodge. 
Yes. What What is an eco lodge? What What is What makes it different? So Botswana is a unique country because they have an eco constitution, which means that um, the environment kind of comes before the people, which. I kind of love that. And they do it in some simple ways. For example, they offer housing to teachers on the school property. So there may be like 10 very small houses so that there's no um, commute. It gets rid of that. So they house those teachers. Um, They put wildlife first. Nobody can be a guide in this country without going through an advanced course in knowing how to be very careful around the animals and to keep your to keep the animals separate from any guests that you may have. So that was very interesting. And this eco lodge was locally owned by um, a woman who did an incredible job. So the name of this lodge was Chobe Chobe Bakwana. It was the name of it. And it they had about, I want to say, two dozen rooms all together or kind of round huts that were top-notch, beautifully done, beautiful mosquito netting, everything. Um, and they did things like um, they hired local women and washed everybody's laundry every day. Um, they only ate with zero kilometer meals, um, which means all the food is sourced within 20 kilometers of where they are. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. They, um, they made sure that everybody they engaged with followed very simple, environmentally friendly, um, protocols which I thought was incredible. So it was, it was already uplifting staying there, knowing that they had the ability to do that. Um, and I really loved that idea. So when you stay at a lodge like this, they have a program of activities that you're going to follow. They schedule you. So when you get there, like we got there about noon and they're like, okay, your lunch is ready. So you're going to eat lunch now while we put everything in there and then go ahead and get refreshed because you're going to be going out for a sunset safari. And they would take us. And so that was really amazing. Like I had no idea that that was how it worked. So um, they took us out on a safari by truck and on the river, which was amazing. So lots of very cool things. Okay. So let's, let's end this with mm-hmm. you taking us on a safari. Tell us what it's like. Cause everyone always says they want to go on safari. They want to go on safari. Tell us what it's like. So safari or game drive, the, the, the terms are used interchangeably. I think the biggest hesitation that people have is, but isn't it just like a zoo? Like, am I really going to feel any differently about seeing these animals just because they're here? And the answer is absolutely unequivocally yes. So whether you go by Safari Jeep or you go by water, um, you'll have a guide with you. And the guides are the key to absolutely everything. They know where to go, what to do. They all work together to help give you the best experience. And 
I will tell you, this is the part that I was probably the most nervous about. I'm like, okay, I've invested all this time. I've invested all this money. Am I really going to get out of this what I hope? And when we crested the hill to overlook the Chobe River and we saw the hundreds of elephants and other animals that were out there kind of at the water, coming down to the water, and it was sunset, you really do hear Elton John singing in your brain. (laughs) The circle circle of life. life. Like you do, and you're like, holy moly, look at what's happening in front of me. So you really do get all of those feelings. And I will say, uh, we had the most incredible guide. His name is Max, and I appreciate Max like there's no tomorrow. They would bring in like a cooler for us, like cocktails, so that we could like park and sit and watch. And we had hors d'oeuvres and cocktails. Like it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe that they could do that. But at the same time, they were being like that luxurious with you. They're like, okay, so you'll never step foot on the ground because we never want your smell to be in their territory. So the only thing that touches the ground from us is our tire wheels. You know, so like there are many things that they did that you didn't even realize were for the benefit of the animal while giving you this experience, which I did love that aspect of it as well, like learning about all of that stuff as well. So I will say I am a huge fan of it. And um, I liked it by river even more because you did get to see along the banks and you kind of became a better spotter as the days went on and you got to see more and more. So you do need more than like one time to do it because it will be a different experience. And, um, It can get very cold when the sun goes down. So you definitely need to like dress in layers to go and enjoy it. And it was, it really was as amazing as you hope it would be. And I will say it's great when the animals kind of interact with you a little. We were sitting under a jacaranda tree and an elephant came up and shook the tree and all the jacaranda berries which are called elephant M&Ms there, shook and came down on top of our Jeep. And it was just so much fun. Like he was playing with us. It was obvious, you know, or when you see the little baby have a temper tantrum and the mom is like, you're moving along, you know, those elephants are crazy or, you know, the hippos are in the grumpy, grumpy hippos are in the water, not too far away. And you kind of get to get a little glimpse at them. It it is amazing. And I will say this, as much as you want to see lions, we saw lions. I saw saw a cheetah. I saw um, hyena, all of those kind of things. It's the elephants. The elephants totally get that you're there. They totally know that you're interested in them. They are very clear and curious about you. And this is what Max told me. He said, a an elephant thinks you're cute the way you think a puppy is cute. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an elephant's puppy. (laughs) And so they do want to come up to you because they think that you're cute. And they are the most photogenic animals I've ever seen. Like they knew when you were going to take a picture of them, they're like, oh, okay, ears out. Got it. You want the good side. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) they were very funny about it. So I do think that 
it was an amazing experience, an amazing experience altogether. Totally worth my time and my money. Okay. All right, Terry. So here is our I agree a question for the day. Okay. Are safaris ethical travel? How do you feel? I say yes. I, after hearing your experience on your safari and knowing how important it is to keep the animals safe and you safe, that I, I, I do think they are ethical. I do. How about you? Yeah, I, I will say this. I felt like the era, era of the safari was being replaced by the era of the game drive, which kind of had a different um, feel to it. It was like, we're driving just to go see this and you get a little glimpse, but otherwise it's up to them. It's all, you know, it's to the animal's stress level. It's not about us. It's about them. And so I have to say, Terry, I I agree. agree. I agree for sure. You know, the travel industry has taken quite a blow from several global issues, including the war in Ukraine, the climb out of the COVID-19 crisis, and inflation that makes it hard for people to get out into the world like they want to. At this point, leading experts are predicting that it's going to take up to three years for the travel industry to bounce back to full force. One way that you can help the travel industry is to like and subscribe to 10 microbloggers. Each time you do, you're telling all those travel industry experts that you are ready to enjoy everything that the world has to offer, and you can start with us. That's right. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn at Bapsha and Yaya. That is B-A-B-C-I-A and Y-I-A-Y-I-A. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at bobsheandyaya at gmail.com with your questions, suggestions, favorite travel tips, products, and travel trends so that we can share your ideas in the future. Bob She and Yaya is our home base for everything we love about travel. It's where our blog and show notes live and where we share access to all of our resources, including travel literacy for kids. We always have new posts about all the things we love about travel, including today's topics, as well as feature destinations, travel lifestyle, and stories to make you smile. Didn't get all of that? No worries. Just check out our show notes for all of the ways to stay in touch and links to anything we chatted about in this episode. As always, thanks for joining us for our journey. Welcome to another episode. Ep- <laughs> and redo. 